Scripted Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Hummer. Uh, I'm here with the man that could be JR, Tony Schiavone, and Mike Tanay's love child, Doug Hummer. <laughs> Hi. Uh, and, and as always, we are joined by uh, two legends themselves, Eric and Quinnis. How the hell are we doing? We're Pretty good. good. It was an interesting week in wrestling. Very interesting week. You want we want to get into that first, real quick. Talk about it a little bit. Yeah, because uh, what's funny is the all everybody had been kind of convinced that the all out main event was going to be Moxley and Punk to unify the belts. Yeah, it's going to be next week on Dynamite, <laughs> which is oh, hey, which, huh? I don't think I don't think it's going to be a clean finish. I think there's something going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to be a clean finish. All right, here's what I think is going to happen. Wardlow and FTR are kind of back together, right? They're going to team together at uh, um, at at All Out. Yeah. Okay? Yep. Yeah. So they're basically saying, like, they pretty much said that the Pinnacle's back together. Who led the Pinnacle? MJF. Yeah. Right. So you think he's coming back? I think he's coming back at, uh, so I don't think it's, I think he's coming back on dynamite. It's not going to be a clean finish, but somehow he's going to get himself inserted. We're going to get a three way at, uh, at all out. And then MJF MJF wins the title because Wardlow and FTR (laughs) come back out and the pinnacle gets back together. Okay. You really think they're going to put the pinnacle back together? Really? So Wardlow's like, didn't he get a massive push? Yeah. Isn't he like a big good guy now? And he's a, he's yeah, a, he's, he's a big And, and sh- oh, let me talk. <laughs> uh, hey. And Wardlow is a champion. FTR are champions. MJF wins a title. They have, well, not all the gold because FTR is not the AEW tag team champions, but yeah. they're going to be draped in gold, which is what they wanted, for, which is what the the pinnacle, you know, in storyline wanted anyway. To be draped in gold. Yeah. Because they feel yeah. like they're the pinnacle of... And you think they'll switch Wardlow back? I think they'll switch Wardlow back. FTR should not be baby faces. They're getting over, though. Aren't they over? I think they're getting over. Are they not over? I, I'm no, asking no, they are I don't watch the product. They are because they keep getting standing ovations. Okay. Because I thought they were, like, from what I've heard from, like... Like what I've listened to, they are they're the best articles. tag team in the world. Yeah, and I've heard like they've been getting applauded and people like them. And I thought the babyface run was going all right. It is, but I I just see it like is. because it's going all right, I see this happening. Now on the other side of the coin, since MJF's uh, pipe bomb got him very very over, what if they still do the same thing but they're all babyfaces? Or do you think MJF has no business being a babyface, though, right? MJF has as much business being a babyface as I do on stage dancing at a strip club. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Thanks, no, for no, thanks for no selling it, guys. He's 
he's very, but he's over. People want to see him, but they do want to see him get his ass kicked. Yeah. So, so I could see. I mean, I I don't want it to happen because I do like Wardlow's push right now, and I am actually getting behind FTR. From what I've heard and read, it feels far-fetched because I don't think that they would like. From what I've heard and seen, because I, I watch, I started watching a little bit for Wardlow, and I didn't think that he was like not over. I didn't think his push wasn't going well. I thought it was going really good after the MJF thing. It is. Uh, I mean, and the fact that like they, they're they're going to do like this thing uh, where you know he's teaming with FTR to take on uh, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh. Who Satnam Singh is pretty much just you know they're trying to treat him like a great Kali. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know why the hell you, that just proves that Tony Khan has no idea what the fuck he's doing if he oh, thinks he has an ex great Kali. Well, he might. I mean, that's the arm. If he's not, he's I mean, Kali is just like a legend. Yeah. What, Eric? That's the is friends with Punk, too. Yes, that's the, but maybe they switch on him and that would be weird, though. Right, man. It would kind of make sense to me. I don't know. The idea is making sense that I think about it, but you know, no. maybe, maybe I will. We will sit here and say you're right. Or, or like maybe like uh, what I could kind of see happening too is, uh, you know, Moxley's got a group, right? He's got the Black Bull, the Black yeah, Bull yeah, Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get Punk a group, reunite the Pinnacle, and do like some. Goofy three team bullshit. Well, there's not enough groups already. We need There's so many fucking. Everybody groups. hates punk now. Fuck punk. He's getting heat in the back. Why? Oh yeah, I read that too. Why though? Yeah, he he's, he's being a crime man about that. What do you do? I, I don't know. He's basically calling out Paige. Oh, yeah. Adam I mean, Paige Adam Paige. Right, yeah. Yeah. And then there's this whole story with Coco Banner in, in the mix, too. So, this, well, this yeah, whole beef. those two have history. Wait, because yeah. he called out Adam Page on Dynamite, he got heat? Yeah, I mean, with the, at least with fans. I mean, I called him a crybaby, and I'm a punk fan. Yeah, he is a crazy old gonna fucking cry, baby. I'm a, big, I'm a bigger Adam Page fan, but still. Really? I mean, Adam Page doesn't have to listen to anybody. He's been in the business just, just as long as Punk. It's punk left for seven years. Preach. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I like I like both guys. Yeah, I do too. But uh, does anyone have a worker of the week? Uh, Jungle Boy. Daniel Garcia. Garcia. Uh, Buffalo Native. By Buffalo way. Native. Yep. Yep. He's gonna be a star, I think. Yeah. I, I, I don't really want to What do you got, Clintus? I, I'm gonna go with um. 
that, uh, no, I haven't really been watching, but only parts and parcels of wrestling this past week. Oh. Yeah, so me I, too. I haven't really been paying attention about here to near this, but I want to go. I want to go with uh, to get the Bucks and Omega on, on the King Omega's return. I want to have a tab to take one. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Oh, Omega. Uh, but no, I'm going with Jungle Boy because, like, and, and what's funny to me is these stupid-ass segments where security never comes out when the heel's beating up the babyface, but, like, the, he, the babyface starts beating the shit out of heel, here comes security right away. <laughs> Fucked up. It's fucking stupid. It's stupid. Yeah. You're not wrong there. You're not wrong. You were not. Uh, anything else from the week, or you want to get in the topic at hand? Uh, just that there was a story that broke out that, like, you know, some of the money that uh, was allegedly uh, paid in hush money is actually money that McMahon was forced to donate to Donald Trump because he wrote it in his contract for WrestleMania 23. That's funny. And he actually had it. He had lawyers written, write it up in the contract that Donald Trump could not lose his hair. Really? Yeah. And that if Vince changed the finish for Donald to lose, Donald could sue him. That's funny. That would have been great, though. Don gets to the building. Vince is like, sorry, pal. The wagon's going over. <laughs> Donald Trump would have walked right the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, that's a funny little news. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on and let's talk about the greatest rivalry of all time. Greatest least, rivalry in the, in the Attitude Era's, uh, at least. Yeah. Uh, my favorite rivalry as a, as a youth and even now. One of two, like literally. There's rivalries, and we talked about Rock and Triple H uh, a couple weeks ago, and that was a really good blood rivalry of, like, two young guys coming up at the same time and becoming, like, legends at the same time. But this is, like, completely different, and it's, like, a complete opposite. It's two of the most popular people going against each other. It's uh, The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. That is our uh, ninth uh, rivalry retrospective. And uh, we're here to discuss it. Yeah. I mean, this is like, I mean, the fact that you main evented two WrestleManias and wrestled in another one. Yeah. And was supposed to be the main event for the other one, too. Yeah, but didn't Austin say that it, like, no? Because they were concerned about Austin being able to go. Right. Because all he was going through at the time. So they didn't do it. But he was supposed to. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I know how this feud started. But uh, you want to remind people, Doug? All right. Two, so two very different beginnings. Uh, so you want me to go back to the beginnings or do you want me to go back to how, like, things there? I mean, we started? already kind of talked about Rock's beginnings. Uh, Austin obviously started out later into the territory days. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, you know, Rod Price, who we had on the show last week. Yeah. Or uh, I had him on the show. You guys were all on vacation. 
They're going for a day. Everyone keeps calling it vacation. I know, right? <laughs> We're on uh, the road for most of it. So, um, Rod Price, who uh, was on the show last week, uh, started out, him and Austin were tag team partners in Texas. Yeah. Okay. Austin moves on, goes to WCW, uh, you know, becomes a star there. WWF comes calling in uh, January of 96. He goes in as the ringmaster. Yep. Okay. Managed by the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Yep. He doesn't like the ringmaster gimmick. So they said, all right. And then he said something about, all right, what about my character being cold-hearted? So they said, okay, you're going to be Ice Dagger. He's like, fuck. So uh, he was trying to figure out what to do. Uh, like he, uh, they told him, they said, if you don't like the name, come up with your own name. But if you can't come up with anything by such and such time, uh, you're going to go buy Ice Dagger and you're going to mm-hmm. fucking like it. So he was sitting at home one day with his wife, Jeannie Clark, and she made him a cup of tea. And she goes, you know, you better drink your tea before it gets stone cold. And she, he looked, or he actually went to drink it, and she goes, you know what, that's your name. Yeah, and he was also watching like a biography on like a mobster too, right? Yeah. Or some shit like a serial killer, something like that. Yeah. So uh, she said, that's going to be your name. So they ran with it. Uh, he won the 96 King of the Ring because Triple H was getting punished for the curtain call. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, he starts becoming like instead of like this cold hearted guy, he becomes this anti authority guy. Yeah. Okay. You know, he's beating up production people and all that stuff, and he's causing all sorts of, of problems. Uh, he tried to break into Brian Pillman's home. Brian Pillman tried to shoot him. Uh, which, by in the storyline, in storyline, yes. And by the way, the main event of that Raw, yeah. like, it, like that whole Raw, because that was actually the first Raw where Raw, for the first time since it started, got moved to 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, so they could compete yeah. with the opening hour of Nitro. Yeah. Okay. So so basically, or do you get more on that Raw? On that Raw, that main event of that Raw yeah. was Mark Merrill versus the fake Razor Ramon. Okay. Oh, wow. That was the main event match. Now, I'm pretty sure the last segment was Pillman. Well, I hope they got it was Pillman and Austin. Yeah. But it wasn't the main event. No, it wasn't like the main event match. The main event match was Mark Merrill. Which, uh... God bless him. Yeah. I like Mark. Um, but, uh, so, like, they were, you know, Austin, they felt like they had something with him. Yes. And then, you know, fast forward, uh, SummerSlam 97, uh, Owen Hart, you know, because he doesn't know how to do a Tombstone Pile Driver, almost paralyzes Austin. Yep. All right, Austin wins the Intercontinental title, but... They have to take. Uh, they have to strip him of the title, so they give Owen back the belt after Owen wins the tournament. Well, Vince knew. I think Vince knew that what they were going to do to Brett. So they said because Owen had actually said, you know, the belt needs to go back to Steve because it was going to be like this big push. 
So they did it like a couple minute match at Survivor Series because Austin's neck still wasn't healed. Yeah. But he gets the belt back, and then and that's when a couple weeks later, Rocky rolls into the ring and steals the title. Wait, didn't Austin win it in your house? The DX pay per view or no? Or was it SummerSlam? It was Survivor Series that he won it back from Owen. Okay. Yeah, well, so I don't know. I do remember that. The match with Rock, he was in your house. Uh, Well, what was supposed to be a match with Rock, but Austin, again, he was not cleared. Yeah. Uh, So we're 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 not skipping, but we're we're getting a little ahead. During this time, and we already talked about Rock's beginnings pretty much, but Austin kind of came through like that. A lot of start-stop things. He was the ringmaster in real life. Not just like it, not real life. In, in storyline, he was the ringmaster. He had Ted DiBiase. It wasn't working. What he was doing wasn't working. So the Stone Cold shit happens. He becomes Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it starts to work. The Survivor Series, or the King of the Ring deal with yeah. uh, Jake, the promo. Now, while this is happening... Awesome promo, by the way. If you look at Doc Hendrickson or Michael Hayden, whatever the fuck you want to call him. His face. If you look at his face, when Austin says, Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. Yeah. Look at Doc's face. Money. Yeah. And it was fucking money. But yep. while all this is happening, Rock, Rocky Mayavia is floundering as a white meat baby face. Correct. He's not doing well. He's not, uh, you know, the fans hate him. Die, Rocky, die. And they're saying that to a good guy. Die, Rocky, die. They fucking hate him. It was the first, like, Cena, like, we, you're supposed to be a good guy, but we don't like you. And uh, it wasn't working, so they turned him heel, put him with the nation. Now, in fairness, when they first started those die, Rocky, die chants at WrestleMania 13, yeah. Chicago's a heel town. Yeah. Okay. The only baby faces that can get over in Chicago are Hawk and Animal, but that's because they're built from there. Yeah. Although Hawk and Animal never lived in Chicago. Right. They grew up here. Really? Yeah. Uh, Animal talks about it all the time. He grew up in Philadelphia. So did Hawk. Awesome. Bet you two Yahoos didn't know that, did you? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you calling a Yahoo? <laughs> Just making sure you're paying attention, Clannis. Yeah, yeah, get on with your story. <laughs> but so so those two uh that that's how they both came up. Uh Rock joined the nation, he turned heel, and the, this is where their paths start to collide a little bit. Right. So uh yep. well, like we said, the the shit in your house happened. Kind of describe the events leading up to that and then what happened. Okay, so... That was supposed to be the first encounter, right? Supposed to be the first encounter. Austin's neck was not ready yet, but then Austin started the whole... The, you remember, you know, back in the back in the day... Sharon, did you ever have a beeper? I did not have a beeper, no. All right, but, like, you know, people used to have beepers back in the day, right? Yeah. You know, the pagers. And then, like, you know, when you when you page somebody, their their number shows up on your pager, and then you find a fucking pay phone, call him back, whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, Austin would, when he would beep somebody, it would say 316 on the beeper. Yeah. And that would mean he's usually right behind you, ready to beat your ass. Yeah. And so Rocky always rocked the fanny pack and the beeper. Yeah. 
He was the king of style back then. Yeah. So uh, they they started that, and then it was uh, supposed to be the uh, the Manson in your house. Austin drove a pickup truck to the ring, and it actually gave D'Lo Brown right. a stunner in the pickup truck. Yeah. And then like it wasn't like much of a it wasn't you know much of a match. And then Vince McMahon ordered a rematch the next night. Austin said, "Fuck it, I'm not going to do it. Fuck you." And because uh, he had already stunned McMahon by that time, right? Yeah. Wait, is yeah. this the River thing that you're about to say? Because I well, want to talk about that. Before the River thing, because okay. it was McMahon said, if Austin does not defend the title against Rocky Maivia, Rocky Maivia will be the new Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. Austin didn't wrestle, so he said, all right, you got to vacate the title. So he raised Rocky's hand and gave him a stunner and took off with the belt. Yeah. The next week, they told Austin, they said, look, you, your ass better be here with my title. And then the bridge thing. But you want to talk about that, so go ahead. Austin took the belt. It was a segment. Rock's pissed off in the ring. And it goes to Austin by the New Hampshire River with the Intercontinental yep. title. And then he tosses it. And Rock starts slipping the fuck out. And then the shit when Rock tosses him, that's much later, right? Yeah, that's 99. But yeah. So he, he threw the – and I remember this is like one of my first moments, like watching this as a kid, uh, you know, really even learning about this rivalry and these two guys didn't like each other. And I didn't like Austin. I was always a Rock guy. But even I was laughing at this as a youth. Yeah, because it's funny. And then Jim Cornette was on the uh, – was on the call for that. He goes, and Rocky's got a long swim in front of him if he ever mm-hmm. wants to get it back. So they actually they had to make Rock a new title. Yeah. Because nobody wanted. Because what's actually funny is like Austin actually threw the actual belt in the river. Yeah. And somebody was supposed to go huh. get it, but nobody wanted. Never to. did. Eric, do you remember this moment? Yes, I do. Um. I thought it was funny as hell. I thought it just it started the um up, started the rise of the rivalry. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, after this, they don't really meet after this, right? They were the final two in the Rumble that Austin won yeah. in '98. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess I mean that's kind of a payoff, but not really. Yeah, not not at all. It was more. Because uh, there, there was like a bounty, not really a bounty on Austin's head, but everybody wanted to beat Austin's ass because he was going around and kicking everybody's ass. Yeah, I remember that. If man wanted him, his, his ass still. Oh no, this was before like Vince was like fully healed. Oh okay. He had already stunned him though, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh. But now, a- after all this, because Rock goes on to have a great run with the Intercontinental title. Correct. And uh, yep. Austin becomes the biggest star in the industry. Yep. And, uh, and then they then they meet again. Uh, kind of describe this, Doug, or Eric Clintus, whoever the fuck wants to. Uh, where, where do we go from here? Uh... So, they disband the nation, 
The Rock can go on a single run. They let Rock go about two months of being a baby face. Yes. And then the whole Survivor Series deal with Mick Foley. Yeah. yeah. 98. And, uh, no, 98. 98. 98. So Rock wins the, the tournament to become WWF champion because earlier in the night, uh, like Austin was wrestling Mick Foley and then uh, Austin hit the stunner and there there was like some problem with the finish. Like uh, there was some, oh, what happened was Bossman was supposed to come out uh, and attack Austin with the nightstick and then uh, put Mankind on top and Shane McMahon was supposed to come out, count the three, and that's how they were going to show that Shane was really working with Vince. Yeah. Right. Bossman missed his fucking cue. So Shane had to huh. run out beforehand to the one, two, flip Austin off, and then that's when Bossman came out and hit Austin with the nightstick, and Mankind got the win. Yeah. Or however it went. Next night on Raw, Austin comes out, you know, interrupts Rock Celebration and says, oh, yeah, by the way, I signed the contract to get a title shot against you. So they had this match. It ends up getting interrupted by Undertaker hitting Austin in the head with a shovel. Uh, then Austin enters a feud with Undertaker. Rock's feuding with Foley. And Stone Cold Steve Austin, actually on January 4th, 1999, actually is the one that hit Rock in the head with the title and helped Mankind win the title that night. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, and then Rock cost Austin the Royal Rumble, causing him to get eliminated by Mr. McMahon. So they were going back and forth for mm. a little bit there. Yeah. So they weren't yeah. directly feuding with each other, but their paths uh, always They were crossed. fucking with each other, though. Yeah. Their okay. paths did always cross. Yes. Uh, Clemens, what do you remember about this time and uh, about Rock and Austin and the beginnings of their rivalry? All right. So I'll say that's probably when I first started really paying attention to wrestling. What was, I guess, around this time when Mankind won the WWE Championship. That's when I finally got cable and I was able to watch wrestling regular. It was just a shock on Saturday night on um, W Channel 48, whatever that was at the time. <laughs> so, but watching, but watching it, I remember um, most of it was... Really good. I will never forget going to Royal Rumble. Um, going back in the Royal Rumble at ninety nine, yeah ninety nine, maybe the WrestleMania fifteen build up is what really caught my eye. The Royal Rumble, the beer truck, the uh, Rock joining the uh, being part, being corporate Rock. Yep. The whole beer truck. Dousing him with beer and the, and the famous promo he did on top of the beer truck. truck that was also one of my favorites as well. The beer truck was iconic. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, beer truck was the legendary moment. So underrated, yeah. but Angle's milk truck is right up there with it, damn it. 
Yeah, because it was yeah. it was so funny. Like that like that night. Uh and then, you know, when Austin recreated the beer truck in two thousand seven when he sprayed down Santino and Maria. Okay. When, <laughs> when he stunned Santino and he's like, you know what, the some bitch some bitch looks a little thirsty, I'll be right back. He goes and then he starts coming down with a beer truck. <laughs> and JR and King are like, What is he doing? But it's like, what do you think he's fucking doing? But the first time the beer truck was fucking hilarious. It's just one of those moments that's always funny because Vince was so good at being animated. Yeah. And Vince, when he was fully heel and rock being like, I know around this time, and this is a knock, I guess you could make on the rivalry, but because this first match and the the first WrestleMania match that we're going to get into eventually, and this first build up to it and everything, it was really more Austin versus Vince. Yeah. And Rock was kind of, he was the corporate champion. Yeah. That was Rock's name. He was the corporate champion. He was still like charisma, and he, was, he wasn't quite the star that he would become yet. He was still there. I mean, he's the world fucking champion. So he was there, but he's not as big as he's going to be in 99. I think we can all agree on that. Right. And, uh, oh, yeah, definitely. And then in 2000, so I totally agree with that. More right now, we're like, oh, my God, like, this is Vince's guy, but it's Austin and Vince going at it. So... The whole beer truck thing, and Shane was there too, right? Yeah, in the ring. So yeah. promo was, you know, I'm gonna drive. You know, I'm gonna drive into WrestleMania. I'm gonna drive up to the SmackDown Hotel on Know Your Old Boulevard. I'm gonna roll on up in the room 316, and I'm gonna burn that some bitch to the ground. <laughs> and then. Uh, he goes and gets the hose and rocks like, you take that truck back up Know Your Roll Boulevard. And then he goes to say something else. And you, you drive it right back off, up to route with, uh, with the hose. <laughs> Vince is like fucking like flailing his arms and shit. Yeah. And falling everywhere. It was so good. And what was funny about that night, too, is they did the, the beer bath, right? Yeah. In the next segment, Deborah, who would end up being Austin's wife later on in the year, got the bloodbath from the brew. Really? Yeah. Same fucking show. Like the way. next wow. segment. Damn. That ring got fucked up. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the WrestleMania match, or was there any more moments from before? Not really. Because Rock had a big program with Mankind before this. Correct. And that was like one of my favorite feuds, too. But uh, obviously, him and Austin go at it here. Right. And, and the funny thing is, is that, you know, it was earlier in the night where Big Show and Mankind were wrestling to find out who was going to be the special guest referee for that match. Big Show beat the shit out of him. He got disqualified. And Big Show actually headbutted Vince McMahon. So he got arrested. And, uh, but yeah, no, the Rock Austin WrestleMania 15 match. What was special about that match, too, is that they let JR, uh, JR return to the announce booth. That's right. How long was he um, there for? Was he back full time? Uh, 
if he would come back full time, if he would, because he was managing Doctor Death Steve Williams at the time. Oh, he was doing that bullshit. Yeah, but they let him come back to call the match because Austin and Rock wanted him to do the call. Oh. Rock goes. Rock and Austin. Rock and Austin. Exactly, and Rock said, "You know, this is my first WrestleMania main event. I want Jr. on the call." So they did. Well, that's awesome. All right, Eric, what do you re- do? You remember yes, the WrestleMania, uh, the WrestleMania 15 yeah. match? Absolutely. This was um, the rock. This was this was one of the, um, I want to say the best match of the three, but this was a really uh, good storyline because you had the best, you had the um, most over fa- um, baby face in the. Um, the top heel in the company, colliding at WrestleMania for uh, the most prestigious title in uh, wrestling at the time. And Austin wins. He, he gets that win against the um, top heel, and the rest is history after that. He's right. Clement, do you remember this match? Yeah, I swear you was there for that match, to tell you the truth. I forgot Clintus was there for that WrestleMania. How was it watching it live? Right, watching it live, it was, re- it, it was great. I mean, I was like the first time I actually witnessed the Hell in a Cell, classic Hell in a Cell. That was one reason. Why? Because I fell in love with Hell in a Cell after the Mankind in Undertaker incident. And then watching those, then watching everybody, the crowd go out, the crowd, those suplex fighting all on the stage, just him throwing into him, into the WrestleMania sign. And then you got the classic um, Mick Foley running down there and counting the final one, two, three. It was great. I was. Oh yeah. It's a time where you really rooting against Rock because he was a bad guy. Oh, yeah. Yes, I think that everybody in Philly was rooting against Rock. Oh, Rock. <laughs> yeah. This was the true top heel versus top baby face of the three. Because 17, they were, they were both kind of baby face. And 19, well, nobody was really a heel. Oh, Rock so this, was the heel. This for was the true. Rock was the heel. It was a Hollywood Rock but, in 1993. Yeah, that's when Rock was like <laughs> doing the Rock concerts and shit. He was heel as fuck in 2003. I mean, you, yeah. there's nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing can get over the Hollywood Rock. You know, don't disrespect the Hollywood Rock. That was Hollywood Rock was fantastic. One of my favorite versions of him. And and that for that reason. This probably is my least favorite of the three, but that's not in like a bad way. I love all three matches. This is my yeah. favorite ride. Like in yeah. this match, I still it's like eight out of ten stars for me. I still love this match, it, but it probably would was, be my least favorite out of the three. Exactly, and this was probably the most not forgettable, but most. If you're going to talk Rock and Austin Mania, you're talking about seventeen and nineteen. Before you yeah. I mean, the match itself, it was attitude era brutality at its finest. Like, it was still fun. Like, but he's hitting oh, yeah, each other off the tables and 
it, it was a brawl more than a match. Well, yeah, because they really didn't care yeah. about like the quality of wrestling at that point. Because yeah. you were more, you were all about the story. Yeah, and Austin beating the shit out of this cocky punk. Right. So, and that's what you got. And the right guy won. What a lot of people don't talk about is the backlash the next month with Shane McMahon as a referee. That pay per view actually had some really good wrestling on it. Yeah, no, it did. Because, I mean, the match kind of got overshadowed at the end with The Undertaker abducting Stephanie. But because they did they did that like at oh the that's end of the what paper. happened yeah they did that at the end of the pay per view <laughs> and then but like that pay per view you had Triple H and X Pac which was a really good wrestling match uh, you had Undertaker and Shamrock which that was damn good yeah and you had Rock and Austin which was pretty fucking good yeah right the backlash match with Shane as a guest referee was actually pretty fun yeah. Uh, it was kind of the same type of match, but it was still good. And, and the, these two just, even then, not as much as the other two, but it had that big fight feel whenever those two went up against each other, it felt like. Exactly. It, felt, it always feels special when they're standing uh, in front of each other. Now, they don't wrestle for two years after this, right, Doug? One-on-one, uh, on one, no. Okay. Uh, well, we have to be back. Well, you know, I was going to say, you have to bring back the um, the plot episode of SmackDown when he was forced to team up together to take on oh, yeah. Triple H and Undertaker. You know, that gave birth to the corporate ministry at the time. Okay, so does everybody remember how, like, SmackDown, like, originally was brought up? I know they were going to do a woman's show at first, but no. So, uh, April 29th, I think, was the day that it that it, it aired. It was taped, actually, April 27th. And uh, it was uh, a UPN show. Uh, and it was just going to be like a one-time deal. Well, or no, it was. It wasn't going to be a one-time deal. They were going to air it, see how well it did in the ratings, and then possibly get added to the fall schedule. And uh, they're like, "All right, well, what do we call this show?" Rock, you know, always said SmackDown Hotel, SmackDown Hotel. So they said, "All right, he's the second biggest star in the company. We're going to name the fucking show after one of his catchphrases." Yeah. Well, which they, they did in the video game. A while, yeah. So they did uh, this pilot episode, and it was uh, the formation of the corporate ministry, and it was going to be Triple H and Undertaker versus Rock and Austin. Rock and Austin just four days prior beat the fuck out of each other. Yep. And then you also had at that time the formation of the union. Which was Big Show, Shamrock, Test, and Mankind carrying two-by-fours to the ring with Vince McMahon leading the charge with his sleeves rolled up. I forgot about the union. Terrible faction. Terrible faction. Three out of the four guys were really good. But the union, like, 
the union should be fighting Vince McMahon, you know? Yeah. Not with him. <laughs> it doesn't really make much sense. No, not at all. Because these were all guys that were corporate, that were corporation rejects. Yeah. By the way, Mankind and Big Show, when they turned on the corporation, they turned on Vince. Yeah. And now he's with them. Yeah. So it made no fucking sense. But the tag match was really good. Oh, yeah. No, the tag match was awesome. And then, like, you had all these different variables. And you got to remember at the time, too, in the Monday Night Wars, Raw was getting fives and sixes and sometimes sevens. Yeah. Nitro was getting threes. So they were kicking their ass at that point. Oh, they were... Uh, they were beating the shit out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so after the tag match, which they win, right? Uh, disqualification. Yep. Okay. Now we're gonna get great. Okay. But uh, we're gonna build up. The next time these guys are supposed to fight is at Survivor Series '99. Correct. For the triple threat with Triple H. Uh, say that five times fast. Triple top, triple H. Try to so, the, which, I mean, thinking about it now, that's like the greatest triple threat of all time if it happens, right? That's the yeah. three Attitude Era stars going at it. So it's Three biggest stars in the company. Three biggest stars in the company. Two biggest baby faces in the top heel. Uh, his neck's hurting too much. He can't go, right? Yeah. He's just, he's he was basically while. told, he's like, you cannot do this. Still the effects from the Owen thing. That would haunt his whole career. Yeah. Uh, so he can't do it. And WWE knew that he couldn't do it for at least a couple days. But they kept it billed as he was going to be there, which is kind of false advertising. The last match he actually wrestled was an eight-man elimination match 10 days prior. Well, it aired 10 days prior on SmackDown. Okay. It was him, Rock, Shane and Kane versus the four members of DX. And McMahon accidentally cracked him with the belt and Triple H beat him. Yeah. That was his last match like he got in the ring for. He didn't work the Raw. He didn't work the Smackdown. I mean, he worked the SmackDown, but he was just like the special guest enforcer or whatever. Because that SmackDown three days before Survivor Series, that was a Schwarzenegger thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So, uh, but no, they they knew for at least a week and a half that he wasn't going to. Yeah, they still build it up. So, kind of false advertising, kind of fucked up. At the end of the day, he gets hit by a car, and apparently the guy did it with the rock. Uh, we find that out later. It was Rikishi. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we reviewed that episode. We did review that episode. Uh, and he did it for the rock. And he hit Steve Austin with a car. It was orchestrated by Triple H. Kind of a different feud, so we won't talk about that bullshit too much. Mainly because it was kind of shitty of a storyline. But uh, he got hit by a car. Big Show shows up, and Big Show wins the title in the triple threat. What a fucking plot twist. Uh, so now we got to fast forward two years. Rock carries the torch for Steve Austin as the top baby face, and he does it very well. 
I don't think you, you could argue that. Rock, who are basically carrying, but also too in 2000 they had a hell of a supporting cast. Yes. Like if anybody wants to do the uh, year the WWF year 2000 with your movie next week, well, because you're going to be casting like 50 fucking roles. Yeah, you needed a like. So many, like, even underdogs had just such a hot, like, X-Pac was hot that year. You know? You need, a, you know, you need to cast somebody as Crash Holly. Crash Holly was fucking on. So it's like, it was like, even people you wouldn't think were, like, really, like, that was, like, their year. So uh, that is a, it's a great year. I'll never forget that King of the Ring, uh, the King of the Ring 2000, which I don't remember if we covered it or not. Yeah. But when Crash Holly won his quarterfinal match against Bull Buchanan, who Bull was being pushed. He was get, being given a major push at the time, and then he loses to Crash, and it's going to be Crash and Kurt in the semifinal. And I remember pe- uh, there was a lot of people at the time, myself included, just like, oh, my God, Crash is going to win this thing. <laughs> Not Crash. I was just like, holy shit. Like, they were, because they were, because they loved that underdog story. Yeah. And Crash, you know, was that major underdog. Yeah, very short. Yeah. Uh, he was. So Rock, Rock and Triple H carry the company for Austin. They don't skip a beat, and it does very well. A lot of that is thanks for Triple H being the top heel and Rock being the top baby face. So Austin comes back in 2001, late 2000, early 2001. Correct. Uh, does the shit with Rikishi, gets his vengeance and all that. Almost kills him in that No Mercy match, by the way, when he tries to run him over with the car. Uh, but I guess, you know. It was, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's self-defense. Had a pretty good feud in the Three Stages of Hell match, which I think we also reviewed with Triple H. Yeah. Uh, I love that. We've match. done a lot of 2000, 2001 stuff. Like I, My favorite year. I try a lot to make sure we get a lot of the old school stuff in. Yeah. But it seems like I think a lot of people love to hear our Attitude Era stuff. I mean, is 20 years ago not old school? No, it I is to me. It is to me. In the group, too. Like, is that not old? Yeah, no, it, it is to me. Uh, so, I mean, I even think, like, the beginning of the Ruthless Aggression Era is uh, is old school. Yeah. So, like... But, no, that attitude – but we get a lot of traction with our stuff that we do on, like, Rock and Austin on all those Attitude Era pay-per-views. Exactly. Because that's when the business was – the business was almost as hot as it was back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. It was super hot. Super, super hot. <laughs> so, Austin comes back, and he does the Rumble match. And during the Rumble match – now, Triple H and Angle were in a, a program. He beat the – he cost Triple H the belt. So Triple H does the same thing to him and fucks – tries to fuck him over in the Rumble. He's bleeding. Blood's dripping down his face, but it doesn't work. He gets to the match, and uh, Rock's been kicking ass in the match himself the whole time, even after getting put through a table. This is my favorite Royal Rumble of all time. This I fucking is probably love the top, I love the match. top three. Uh, so – the attitude at this Royal like the year 2001 is pretty much flawless in my eye. If you take out the whole, uh, Alliance shit. Yeah. But this is one of the reasons why, and this Royal Rumble is fantastic, but the stare down 
Clintus, you got to remember that Royal Rumble with Rock and Austin, and that was JR's fan. Rock and Austin, Rock and Austin, and they're in the middle of the ring, and then probably the most intense stare down in the history of just sports, not even just wrestling. I just want to watch that again now. It just gave me goosebumps. Every time. Yeah, I get chilled with this, this, this. This is my favorite rivalry, so. Mine too. And just seeing, like, Austin has the blood down his face. Rock looks very intense, and they're just staring into each other's eyes. You know, it, it was just, it was one of the biggest moments. And it's like, it's a prelude to what we're going to get at WrestleMania. Like, and it's just like, these are the two and at this point, it's not WrestleMania 15 anymore. They're, like these are the two biggest stars ever. And you got to remember that, Royal, that Royal Rumble was stacked. Yeah. And you it, like that final seven that were in the Rumble, like when Rikishi entered the ring, you had Undertaker, Kane, Rock, Austin, Rikishi, and yeah, you had Haku and Billy Gunn. But remember when we rebooked it? I tried to get Billy Gunn to go over, and you guys wanted to body slam me. Oh, Clintus wanted to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> See, he owns up to it. But it, it was funny because, like that pay per view, like that final seven. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would take Haku and Billy out and put in like maybe I mean, like Ming's a pretty big deal. Yeah, because the way he came in, yeah. he saw the ship was sinking over. He was the WCW Hardcore Champion, and he's just like, fuck this shit. <laughs> like, I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah. And, you know, but that whole final seven, and then because and the crowd was so hot for it, because you figure, you know, Drew Carey was in that. That got a big pop. The yeah. Hardys fighting each other. Yeah. Big Show coming back. Honky Tonk Man showing up. Yeah. It was a great one. And Kane's dominance. Yeah. And then, and it was very nice that Rock was in the final three. Yeah. Billy Gunn went first in that final four, right? Correct. And then Rock was left. Rock got dumped over by Austin? No, Kane. Kane, when Rock and Austin were in the ropes. And then it goes down to Austin and Kane. That's a great final. Th- I was fine with that. But then Rock goes on, and in yep. no way out, Rock beats Kurt for the world championship. Austin's won the Rumble. Rock just won the title. Here we are. The two biggest things in wrestling in the last 10 years. Right. Going at it. And, but before we get to that, I just do have to mention, Kane, that was, that was Kane's Royal Rumble. Yeah. And I understand him not winning it because I don't think, like, you know, Kane versus, like, either Rock or Austin no. would really main event of WrestleMania. Not, but, no. But then, like, that episode of SmackDown after, yeah, when, uh, you know, Vince McMahon came out and said, Kurt, you're going to defend the title against somebody who's been on a roll. Like, he proved at the Royal Rumble that even though he didn't win it, he's in the championship picture. Tonight, you're wrestling Kane. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, holy shit. And, like, at one point, it looked as if Kane was going to be, like, because that was built up as such a special episode of SmackDown yeah. that it, you almost would have thought, oh, my God, they're going to give the title to Kane. Yeah. They didn't do it, though. No, they didn't. Which SmackDown was this? This was right after Royal Rumble 01. Uh. Uh, 
January 20-something. So, but no, I just had to throw that in there because Kane was just like, Kane was hot at this time, too. He was, but not hotter than the main attraction here. No, not at all. And uh, these two, they were on a crash course to go at it. Babyface versus babyface. That's what's interesting about this. Not heel versus babyface. These are two people that the fans both love. I mean, in front of that Texas WrestleMania crowd, you knew who was going to be the ultimate babyface, even if you tried to oh, yeah. Yeah. You knew that, I mean, the fans were always going to cheer for Austin more than Rock in that setting. Uh, Rock's yeah. always getting turned on sometimes. Anyway, even though he is like a huge commercial. Shit, I, I witnessed it. it well, Sharon and I both yeah. witnessed okay. it 60,000 people at WrestleMania 18 the year after this. Exactly. And we couldn't figure it out. Kenny, Lehman, and I were just like, what the fuck is going on here? People love and miss Hulk Hogan at the time. Now they're fucking sick of him. Uh, but Austin was always going to get cheered. Do you remember uh, in the build-up to? Because they did shit with Deborah and being at Rock's manager and like, but it never really mattered anyway. So we really can gloss over it. Well, yeah, because and then okay. like they realized it was such a failure that they actually took her out. Yeah, she wasn't a part of the match whatsoever. So, but okay, well, the, okay, go ahead, Quinn. Okay, but what, what, this one iconic moment going to that build up was a sit down interview. Yes, both yes, that's rock. Right. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. The sit down interview. We had we had to get there, and yes. I think that yeah. was the one that gave gave heel that someone was going to turn on someone. It did. And, yeah. I need to beat you, Rock. That was I so need intense. To beat you more than anything else in the world. That was. So, I could watch this to this day and get goosebumps. And like it was like, and it's like it's like watching fucking Frazier and Ali. Like it's the two like this is like more special than anything we've ever seen. And like you, Dusty and Flair, yeah. Hogan and Mach. Like there's been so many great rivals, but like this is like feels like the Super Bowl of rivalries. It's not even like these guys have such an issue. It's just like. These are two massive entities that are clashing against each other. Fucking two of the biggest merch sales. Two of the, every little kid in the building knows who they are. These are the two like superheroes. It's Batman and fucking Superman going at it, and it's just fucking crazy. And the sit down interview was part of that. And, and Jr. was a great moderator. And like like you said, the Austin, I have to beat you, Rock. And Rock's just kind of very cocky, like the model athlete the whole time. Well, because and he, like they were giving vibes that he was going to turn heel a little bit. Because yeah. he had even said, because Austin's like, I told you to look after my wife, and he and Rock's like, it's not my responsibility. I didn't marry her. You did. Yeah, and I like uh, when uh, Jr. asked, "Do you like the Rock?" And Austin did his thing, where he's like, "I'm sure he's a great guy outside of this that you know." Uh, uh, mows the lawn and stuff like that and he's like but he's got something I want and he's like and I'm going to take it and he's like so me liking him or not liking him doesn't factor into it and then Rock was just like I don't like him <laughs> yeah, <Rock laughs> like, yeah I just don't like him fuck off but uh, you know that sit down interview was classic Yeah, that, one of the best ways to build up a match if it's done properly and special, not that one pay-per-view where they did it for every match. 
I forgot which one, but I think it was a Survivor Series. But you don't need to do it for every match. But for big special things like this, you got to do it. What, the sit-down? Yeah. It's just one of the best um, storylines and uh, build-up I've ever seen. Yes. And they even built it up. It was massive and special. It wasn't a heated issue. It was two guys that just needed this belt. And it was they're fighting for the biggest prize in the world. Well, you figure exactly. up to that point, uh, the last time they did a, uh, a WrestleMania where they had to fill 50,000 seats was WrestleMania 8, okay? Because every other WrestleMania up to that point was done in a – was done in a, just a basic arena. WrestleMania 8 was the last WrestleMania held in the Dome. Yeah, in Indianapolis, uh, at what was the Hoosier Dome at the time, uh, you know that was done in front of sixty-eight thousand people. Now here, Houston Astrodome, it was going to be, uh, you know, they knew they had to, you know, build. They had to sell tickets. How do you sell tickets to biggest stars in the world? Because also too, they were doing fan yep. access at the time. Yep. So that's another reason too, and then like you had that, uh, you know, had the access where like there was all those different things you could do. True. Uh, but like when you have Rock Austin, you have Triple H Undertaker, you have the TLC match, you have the McMahon's going at it. Did you guys go to Access or no? Uh, we did not. We just went. We spent most of the day in Canada, right here. Yeah, yeah. We, we just we didn't go to yeah, Toronto. We, yeah, we walked around Toronto. I think we were in a shopping mall for a while. Yeah. Walked down, what is that, Young Street? Yeah, something like that. But, no, like, uh, we were walking down all day, and Kenny Lehman and I are just like, I can't believe we're at WrestleMania. I can't believe And finally, Sharon just goes, yes, you're here. Mm-hmm. Shut up till we get there. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, so Kenny and I had to kind of just go, you know, yeah, kind of go to ourselves. So or just, we're just like, hee, <laughs> uh, because, like, we had never done anything like that before. No, it's huge. And, you know, it's Rock Hogan. Yeah. Okay? Now, Rock Austin, like, Rock was such a huge star at the time that, like, anybody, like, going against Rock would uh, would sell tickets, I think. Yeah, but that's, like, th- those two cases, or they don't need The Rock to sell tickets. Hogan and Austin. Yeah, no. They both, that, both of them sell tickets equally together. Because the three biggest stars in the world. Ever. Like, to this day. Yeah. Cena will never be up there as far as financially. He did good in his merch sales and shit, but as far as a draw and drawing people in, those are the three biggest draws of all. When he had to do a 28 and 29, yeah. yes, he sold the tickets, but who did he wrestle? Rock. Correct. Yeah. Look at WrestleMania 30. This is the opening itself. Hogan, Stone Cold, and The Rock. The Rock. That was it's probably one of the best segments ever. Just thinking about it gives me goosebumps too. All right, well, best let's segment. get into the match. The WrestleMania 17, the match as as it is. What are your thoughts, Eric? Probably the best, the best match of this three. My, my my favorite one of the three, um, the two biggest baby faces at the time. You have Rocket Champion trying to beat Austin. 
And Dorian is this Austin wants his title back. Um, he's coming back from a year off two years ago, and he wants to be the rock again. He wants to be the guy again. This is before his when he walked out, or was this after? He didn't walk out for a couple of years after this. No, he walked out in 2002. Oh, so about a year okay. after this. Yeah, about 14 months. Yeah, so, so uh, this was Austin's first big uh, match since he came back. Yep. And uh, it was good. And, and I know the one, the one knock that people try to give on it is that the heel turn killed the business. <laughs> Because the demographic and, like, people viewing and watching and the success definitely went down after this. I don't know if it was just because of Austin turning heel. And, and Austin turning heel still had viewership for a lot. It wasn't until, like, 2002, Ruthless Aggression Era, where people kind of started tooting out. Okay. Uh, you no longer had competition for the brand. Yeah. If WCW went down, ECW went down. Yeah. Uh, you had Doc, who was going to go film a movie, so he was going to take time off. You really had nobody else built to really carry the ship with Austin. Yeah. Except for you wanted to turn Triple H, but he didn't want. But to Triple it. H wants to be a good guy as much as you know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Good one. Oh, thanks. Uh, I was going to say something stupid and just you guys were going to look at me about it anyway. Uh, Triple H did not want to be a baby face. So, but they needed a big baby face who, you know, for Austin. So what do they do? They have to go Undertaker and Kane. Yeah. But that wasn't really going to, I mean, it worked for a little bit, but it just, it wasn't like, it wasn't clicking. Yeah. And then you did Jericho and Benoit, which really didn't work. No, it, it did for him. I did like that stuff. So, I don't know if it worked or not, but I liked it. I mean, I liked it too, but like when you had Rock <laughs> basically saying, hey, I'm going to go make a movie, you're going to be the fucking star of the company. What the hell are we going to do without you? Yeah. All right, so you're going to make a So would you say that this time that this is one thing – and then if you look at two or four to now, you look at it, you say that this is one of the big problems wrestling has. They don't, they take, they invest so much into their stars. They, they don't build up future stars while they're investing in the stars they already have. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's like a huge problem. It is. I agree. Uh, but the match itself, what did you think, Mark? WrestleMania 17. I, I, I have mixed feelings about this. Like, when I first watched the match, when I was like, when it first happened, I was not a fan of it. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was, like, one of the worst out of the three. And it, then always the head scratcher to me is just the, the heel turn. Knowing that it's like this is a match that Austin should have lost. I'm sorry. The way the match is going, and I just look at it as like, uh, well, well, you can see it's going well. I mean, how can you decide with your 
your most hated man in the whole world, you decide what's going to hang up. <laughs> the younger fan. But watching it, re- going back and rewatching it and understanding why, why, it's just like, yeah, I can get into it now. But when you first watch it, the first time around, it's like, why? You should have never gone with this man. This should have never gone the way it did. Really? Do you think it was that bad going with the Austin Hill turn? Well, yeah. When I was younger, I thought it was like the worst thing out there. It was just like, what is going on? What am I watching here? And then how the match ended was not a Stone Cold Stunner with some wet on down with a steel chair and Mr. Man clapping. Come on. <laughs> you could have thought of anything better than that? <laughs> yeah, I mean... I don't think it takes away from the match like people think, but Austin kind of signed in the deal with the devil. It was like, this is the one thing that shouldn't have happened. Because it is, like, it, like I understand it's storytelling and it's pushing a new story and let's try something new and different and see if it works. And I can respect that. But, like, if it ain't broke, don't fucking fix it sometimes. And, like, he is your top top star. It's not like there's anybody else that's bigger than, even Rock, no one's bigger than Steve Austin. Hogan was in the 80s wasn't bigger than Steve Austin. Steve Austin has made the most money for that company that it's ever been made. Uh, I don't, I mean, I would yep. actually have to get you know, records and stats to back that, but I, I'm pretty fucking sure. He was huge. So you don't do that. And even if it was like his success, like he wasn't as huge as he used to be, like Fuck it, dude. Just keep it going. Don't, like, why, you can't turn him into a bad guy. That's how a lot of people feel. Uh, but then they're like, you got to turn Tina heel and stuff. But, like, you, and even, like, because Austin, there's no way for him to be a bad guy except him shaking McMahon's hand. And to a lot of people, that's kind of betraying the character. Because people love him and relate to him because all of us, well, not all of us. I love my boss. We all love our boss here on this program, but a lot of people want to punch their boss in the face. So, uh, that was people that spoke to people in the common every man that this guy would go on and his boss was a corporate fucking pig and, and he would just fucking flip him off and punch him in the face and then drink a beer. And it's like, who, what is, what's cooler than that? You know, everyone wants to do that. So then you take that element away from him, and it kind of takes away from who he is. The fact that now he's, like, shaking hands with that same corporate asshole, and he's buddies with, with him, and I get it. You sold your soul to the devil because you really, really wanted it. I get that story aspect of it, but it also does take something away from who he is. Yeah, it's uh, it's very contradict- uh, contradicting to the character. And I didn't mind the two-man power. Me- I, I thought it was fine. I love the two-man power trip, to tell you the truth. Oh, I love it. But for me, as an Austin... For me, as an Austin diehard fan, um, I actually didn't don't don't mind it. It's because it's a, it's a historic moment in time, but I don't know what was my reaction at the time. But looking back at it, I don't think it was as bad as people make it out of speed, at least in my opinion. I thought it was different. It, it was a shocker. Even JR was shocked. 
Right? Yeah. And I remember, like, I remember actually somebody take WrestleMania 17 on VHS and they gave me the tape. It was somebody that, like, was trying to win me over because they were trying to date mom. Uh, <laughs> which, you know, back, you know, in that time, I was very protective of who dated my mother and all that because most of the guys she brought home were dicks. Uh, now, you know, they can have her. Uh, but, wow. That's so love to mother. You should be saying, man. Yeah. Uh, I agree. But, like, I just remember getting the tape, and I remember, like, we watched that, you know, and you watched it with me. Yes, I did. Over and over and over again. Uh, and then, but, like, because, you know, we just couldn't, couldn't get over, like, that entire WrestleMania, and especially that main event. Yeah. Uh and I just remember, like, at the, at the beginning of the match, when Howard Finkel announced there was no disqualification, JR's like, when did that happen? True. Yep. True, true. But, uh, no. It, the only thing that didn't really work about it is the crowd would not boo him. Like, even when he turned heel, the crowd was like, oh, I guess Vince is a babyface. <laughs> like, yeah. no one wanted to. And it's <laughs> like, that kind of took away from the moment a little bit. Because it's like, he's like doing this defying. And I think it might even work more if the crowd would have ultimately like, oh, why would you do this? But like, they were still like, fuck it. Yeah. They're just like, all right, we'll, we'll cheer Vince for one night. <laughs> so, fuck that. But uh, yeah, I thought it, it was a great great match but let's move on we're running out of time uh smackdown will be on soon you know clint has got to get to a smackdown uh let's talk about the final showdown their match at wrestlemania 19 a couple years later what happens to be austin's last match well until well until kevin owens but come on uh i mean that was a match though you're a match Steve Austin. Hell. <laughs> that was a, that was a pretty good line. Thank you. Uh, but obviously, Rock drops the title to Brock at SummerSlam and all that. He does the Hollywood shit. People don't like him anymore. They think he's an asshole that left them for Hollywood. Uh, so he plays into the character, and that's what me and Clintus were kind of talking about earlier. Hollywood Rock, and Hollywood Rock was a great way to end with the car- with with the rock because he was so cocky and such a dick and I think he was really having fun as a bad guy when they kind of did that switch. What do you guys think? Thanks, sure. Yeah, I think he I think this was probably one of the most fun times he had with his character. I mean, it was last full he wasn't even full time, he was just he just came back for one more match, right? Oh, Rock? Yeah, this was back at his last match. He was sort so, of cool. Cena. Because he did the backlash. Yeah, he, he did, did the, the, he did the backlash yeah, yeah. against Goldberg. So he, uh, well, he well, did No Way Out against Hogan. Hogan yeah. No Way Out against Hogan. Uh, WrestleMania against Austin. That No Way Out match sucked. Oh, God. <laughs> 
And, you know, he did a couple other matches in between. Like, he wrestled on Raw a couple times. He wrestled against Hurricane and put Hurricane over. Uh, And then he wrestled a match against Jeff Hardy, which actually ended up being Jeff Hardy's last WWE match on television for three years. Uh, And then he did the Backlash match against Goldberg. So, yeah, he... uh, so it wasn't full time, but he did enough. He did enough appearances on television to where, like, it's okay. You know, it's kind of a run. His yeah. final run. Let's put it that way. Yep. It's not like uh, the part time wrestling that those guys they have now. Did you get into the hurricane stuff yet? I, I did mention it. Yeah. Is that that shit yeah, was even. Gregory Hill, and that was the biggest thing he's ever done, but it's still amazing. Yeah. I love that shit. But this, the build-up to this is arguably one of the best build-ups. Maybe the best build-up of the three, because Rock's playing up the heel shit to to a 15, and Austin's just reacting to it. But, like, when when Austin was coming back to Raw, and Bischoff had, like, all these welcoming committees set up. Yeah. And Austin and Rock's like Eric. Because Hurricane would make fun of Rock's manhood. Yeah. And he's like, Eric, we don't need all these guys. Just, you know, just I'll take care of Austin. Like, I don't want anybody's help. And then Austin was going to wrestle Bischoff in a, in a main event, and he turned it into a lumberjack match where all the – everybody from Raw was going to be at ringside – and Rock, like in the very last segment beforehand, said, cancel the Lumberjack match. Just take Chief Morley out there with you. Like, you don't need all those people. So, like, Rock didn't really want that. So, Rock was still kind of babyface-ish. Yeah. as like he didn't want, like, 50 people helping him. Yeah. But, yeah, he was very healed. Time he was super healed. Yeah. Uh what did we all think of this match? I thought it was a fun match. And it was a Rock needed a win in this trilogy. Mm-hmm. So it, it was it was enough. It, it finally gave Rock his win because he never had a good track record against Austin. This might be the only exactly. match he won. So. Yeah, the only match he won clean, yeah. So. And with wearing the vest and stuff, he was heel full degree. But also, he did go baby at the end when he hugged Austin and thanked him for everything and then walked out. Another classic moment there. But the final match of the trilogy, I think, lived up to the hype still. Oh, it's still really good. Yeah. Anybody else have anything or... On that match? I mean, it, it was a really good match, and, like, it, I, it was one of what? Like, four or five ma- big matches that was really selling the pay-per-view? Yeah. It was going to be the main event. Yeah. Because you had that, you had Jericho and Sean, you had Kurt and uh, Brock. You had Hogan and McMahon. And you had Booker T and Triple H. Yeah. Which, that travesty. Yeah, because, you know, Triple H didn't want uh, a guy that came from WCW to be his champion. Should have happened. It should have. I mean, and here's the funny thing. I think Triple H realizes 
a lot of his like mistakes as a performer now. Yeah. No, I think he because does. he doesn't want the, those guys to make the same mistakes. So like, if he can kind of make up for the stuff he did in the past through like what he's doing now with with today's guys, he's gonna. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show, but NXT UK is done. Really? It's turning into NXT yeah. Europe in 2023. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the same shit. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, they fired them and they released a bunch of people. Oh, okay. That sucks. It's going to be more broad instead of just, like, UK. Yeah. It's so, like, uh... You're going to, oh. Francois. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and by the way, Clinton, did you hear about the fatal five-way that's going to happen tonight? The winner faces Gunther at the, at Clash at the Castle. It's Sheamus versus Corbin versus Dane versus Madcap versus Ricochet. Nah, I didn't really check. I didn't hear anything about SmackDown tonight. I wasn't yeah. really planning on watching when as much of Smack. I'm going to want to head down to the movies instead. Uh, what are you going to see? Dragon Ball Super. Superhero. What do you say? Dragon Ball Superhero. It's not, Dragon Ball Z. it's not Z. It's Super. It's different. Oh. My bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's give our final thoughts and get the hell out of here. Okay. Uh, I know you need a lot to go last, Doug. So we'll start with Eric. As I said um, numerous times, this is my favorite rivalry of of all time. Um, I love these. I love both guys. Um, both mega stars, especially The Rock now. And he's probably a bigger movie star than he was a wrestler. If he, if he, and there's an argument being made. Look at him now. Uh, probably the biggest megastar in in uh in the world right now. Uh Austin is Austin. The way he he got one more match in uh Texas this, this past year with uh Kevin Owens. He he's still over. He's still over to this day. Both guys, even if they had one more match together, it would tell. Greatest rivalry in wrestling history, in my opinion. <clears throat> yes, sir. All right, Clinton, your final thoughts? I think it was good, entertaining rivalry that led from the attitude to ruthless aggression, Aaron. Um, great matches, on and off. Promos. I mean, these guys had like a. Didn't really like each other at first, but they always had respect for each other to know that they were going to put on a good show. Anytime, every time these two steps in the ring, they face each other. I enjoyed watching every one of the matches. Absolutely. All right. Uh, this is the greatest rivalry of all time, in my opinion. I, I love this growing up as a kid. It will always be the top of my list. The Rock and Austin, just hearing JR go, Rock and Austin. Uh, and 
that that stare down, the face up. There's so many moments here. Uh, one single wrestler doesn't have as many moments in their career, most of them, as these two have together. So all I can think of is special and that big fight feel and everything felt like important when these two were going at it. WrestleMania felt it's most important when these two were going at it. Uh, and it just, you know, it, it really made uh, this thing that we love so much special for me. So, uh, yeah, they're rocking awesome. Go ahead, Doug. Okay. Uh, you look at what this rivalry did for the business at that time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, basically, this feud helped put an end to the Monday Night Wars. Or it helped put an end to WCW actually keeping track with the yeah. WWF and the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. And you had two guys who were very competitive with one another. They felt like they were both, you know, the top superstar in the company, and they both were. And they had legendary battles, not just legendary battles, but legendary moments. Yes. You know, you go back, talk about the bridge. You talk, and especially, you know, the bridge when Rock threw him off. Or the funeral. We didn't talk about the funeral where he was burying where he was burying the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin and he had stolen the smoke and skull belt. Yeah, and that was after he threw him off the bridge. Yeah. And then he was gonna bury the belt and then Austin came out, beat the shit out of the rock, got his belt back, and then that smug little bastard shamed man hit Austin in the head with the shovel and took the belt back. Yeah. Fucking prick. Uh, he doesn't like, he's just like his sister. He doesn't like anybody to get over. Uh, I don't know. He's thrown himself off a lot of shit for people. Yeah. Uh, well, Jesus Christ, when you throw yourself 75 feet off a fucking platform for Steve Blackman, then, <laughs> Oh, you gotta be selfless. Yeah. I mean, if you would have, if he would have done a job for Al Snow, then I definitely believe. All right. Let's not let Al Snow take up this shine. All right. You done? Yeah, no, it was awesome rivalry. <laughs> it was awesome, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you want to get into the plugs? All right, make sure you listen to Boxman and Smart. That means yes. Uh, make sure you listen to Boxman and Smart, the wrestling outlet. Mixer.com slash wrestling outlet. Wednesdays from 10 15, 10 20 Eastern Time. Uh, listen to us, or no, and then listen to them. Saturdays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Mixer.com slash Hollywood Hangout. Listen to us, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time every Friday night for the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Uh, next week, we're going to do the movie idea, where we're each going to pitch a movie, and we're going to pitch the idea of it and who we think should play each character. Uh, I don't think we all know which one, which movies we're going to do yet, although I think we're pretty sure. I, I've got about three or four different ideas in my head. And it's getting very crowded up in that space. Uh, listen to us. Uh, 6.30? Uh, no. So Saturday, we're not doing Unscripted Unlimited tomorrow. Instead, it'll be Sunday and probably pre-recorded for Monday or, or Tuesday, Unscripted Unlimited. Uh, we're going to be doing top 10 Big Brother rivalries, right? Yes. On Unscripted Unlimited this yes. week. All right, Stabcast, Dangle, and Mini. Oh, nice. 
3 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday? I don't know. Okay. Uh, Web case, 7 p.m. Monday night. We're going to be talking about the new She-Hulk episode and the new House of Dragons Game of Thrones. Check okay. us out. And then I do have to plug this or else I'll get in trouble. Tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Eastern time on blogtalkradio.com slash StanleyCup23. I will be on Steve Kozlowski's uh, one and only podcast. Uh, Steve, of course, used to be on the show here with us, uh, but he had his own show. Uh, And we're going to be talking about the Bret Hart-Shawn Michaels rivalry from 1992 to 1997. So if you're still awake at 10 o'clock tomorrow night, tune into in that. I'm sorry. Uh, I wasn't just talking to you. All right. We'll see. Everybody, we'll see everybody next week. Have a good one. All right, you too. Later. Later. Later.